So, good morning, everyone. Guten Morgen, meine sehr geehrten Damen und Herren. It is my pleasure to introduce our guest today. Mariana Risetto will speak with us today about Corona and Corona-related issues and solutions and, um, and uh, visions in Argentina. Uh, Mariana, it's so good to have you here. Welcome. Good morning. How are you today? Hi, good morning, Nicolas. Good morning, good morning uh, to everyone. Uh, I'm very fine. Thank you very much. I'm really excited for for being here, to be here, sorry, and, and provide you with another uh, country overlook uh, on the corona situation and uh, specifically when it concerns to, to Argentina, as well as the, the legal implications that this has. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you. So you, as you said, uh, you are from Argentina and I said it too, I think. So could you perhaps briefly indicate how you made your way to Austria and to Vienna in particular? Well, um, I'm, as, as you said, I'm from, I'm from born and raised in Argentina. I study also their law. Um, I came here to Austria already seven and a half years ago uh, because of the two reasons that more or less one travel is either move to another country, either professional or uh, love reason. My reason was, uh, was the second one. Yes. Okay. And then then you spent several years uh, in, in Austria, but then moved to the University of Vienna, right? And you have been working with us now for quite some time already. Exactly. Yes. Uh, as you know, <laughs> I joined in February last year uh, the department as a research associate, Projekt uh, Mitarbeiterin in German, uh, with, and I'm currently working in two main projects, European funded projects with focus in, on health uh, and uh, data protection, artificial intelligence. Um, and health research, of course. These two are the first one that I'm uh, responsible for is called the Virtual Brain Cloud Project. And I'm also collaborating in the Biomap Project, both uh, health-related um, projects. Uh, and we are specifically uh, providing um, legal support in terms of uh, the legal and regulatory framework that may involve, of course, the the, the continuation of the projects. Yes, and uh, so the main focus you're dealing with is health-related data protection issues, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of GDPR-related problems that are on your desk on a daily basis, which brings you certainly in a perfect position to assess what, what's happening in, in worldwide at the moment when it comes to privacy, corona, and information technology. So this is certainly one of the aspects of this talk that I'm very much looking forward to learning from you. But before that, perhaps, uh, could you kindly give us a very broad overview about how the situation in Argentina is at the moment? Sure. Um, so at the moment, there are uh, 1,700 um, uh, infected persons uh, with a current disease already, 60 uh, deceased, uh, unfortunately, persons. Uh, although we have to uh, look into what a context in Argentina is, I mean, the population of Argentina is 44 million, uh, uh, roughly, uh, population in Argentina. So, of course, the, the, proportional, the, 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 the proportionality of, uh, between these two numbers is quite low. Although, um, what as far as I, I researched, there, there were at the moment from the start, the, from the beginning where they started doing the testing, there was um, the first registered case was on the 3rd of May, uh, of March, sorry, of this year. Um, 
there are 7,000 tests being carried out so far, which um, to my knowledge, this is uh, quite a low number in comparison with other countries mm. that have been performing uh, much, um, much more tests worldwide. Um, okay. And are there any limitations on, on person's behavior already um, applied or is everybody still free to do whatever he or she wants to? No, since um, so there were, of course, there was an evolution in terms of measures that were um, imposed by, by the Argentinian government. The first one was a travel restriction, uh, so prohibiting or banning people coming, I mean, entering into the country specific foreign and uh, foreign uh, population. And the second one was uh, from the 29th of March, uh, there is a complete uh, uh, compulsory quarantine for everyone in the country uh, insofar that uh, there are uh, specific forms in order to be able to circulate with your vehicle and of course you have several um, exceptions as uh, here in Austria for people who are allowed to um, to uh, let's say go out to the, from their houses, specifically health workers, um, people uh, that um, if you need to to carry to to care about someone else or to the groceries for someone else, uh, if you need to go to work, this has to be uh, authorized also by the national authorities, um, and and basically uh, that's the exceptions that you have at the moment. Yeah. So universities so, are closed. For example, universities are closed. Yeah. Uh, yes, um, and also schools um, from the universities. All these measures were actually take are, are taken until the thirteenth of April. Mm -hmm. um, the there are certain, uh, according to certain statements of the the, the president, these are going to be uh, some measures are going to be levied, uh, or. Um, yeah, mitigated uh, because specifically of the economic crisis that Argentina is living now and is going actually to 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 live in the future, also um, strengthened by uh, the coronavirus. Universities have an autonomy in terms of their autonomous entities, uh, also provided by the um, the respective law. So the universities have the possibility to uh, decide uh, what they are going, I mean, what type of measures they are going to, to take. Um, the University of Buenos Aires, uh, in this regard, I'm aware that they um, they impose the or they declare the also the kind of the quarantine, no classes uh, being held, and uh, they postpone the start of the of the semester, which would have actually have started already in March to June. To June. Uh, wow. mm -hmm. To June. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so there is already a new, um, let's say, uh, program uh, in terms of uh, timing and uh, semester wise for the year two thousand twenty and twenty one. Mm -hmm. um, the one of the things that uh, I think one of the reasons why this was actually, I mean, of the reasons of taking this decision is specifically because the e-learning or learning is um, not, for, uh, not for all students available. Uh, so as you know, uh, given let's say the Argentinian uh, population and also in terms of uh, the numbers in terms of poverty, and not all students have access to the same uh, technical equipment in order to follow an online learning. And uh, this is one of the reasons that um, this is my opinion they, they they postpone the start of the classes at university level in terms of schools 
Um, this is again, um, they are suspended until uh, further notice. Further notice again is on the 13th of April, but already the, uh, the president has um, informed that uh, schools uh, and so classes at schools are going to, to start, let's say, quite late in the, in the year, mm -hmm. most probably also May, June. Yeah, and students therefore are not able to study anything at the moment because simply no classes are taught and and universities closed. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's why that's the approach that uh, that the, the government had in instead of doing an e-learning or mm -hmm. another provisional measures during the time I mean of the start of the semester, then they postpone it to have let's say a full uh, complete curriculum from the date on let's say be june july august yeah and and students i assume are not the only ones hot who are hit by this uh, from an economical point of view very severely uh the whole argentinian uh economical situation is probably uh clearly uh, getting worse at the moment like everywhere else in the world but argentina mm -hmm. is already in a crisis isn't it so it must be very severe at the moment Yes, um, so the, um, the economic crisis is already, let's say, is already declared uh, many years ago by a decree of uh, what is called the decree of, of necessary um, need and urgency by uh, these uh, decrees are issued by the president of Argentina. And this is already declared so that we are an, on an economic crisis. Um, the, um, of course, uh, the, I have no, uh, no numbers in terms of uh, unemployment rates uh, due to coronavirus. Uh, yes, what I can tell you so far is the, actually the unemployment, uh, let's say that the people in terms of poverty, there are more than their statistics uh, from, a public, from public entities that last year poverty was a uh, 25% of the whole population of Argentina uh, to 40% if you look into private statistics. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, access to the uh, labor market is quite uh, limited and this of course uh, will affect uh, the, the situation and will actually create the situation in, in, in the country. Um, therefore, there were like certain economic measures that the, the Argentinian government already issued in order to specifically help uh, those who, who were already uh, unemployed or what we called inf our informal workers. Um, these, uh, they provide uh, 40, what is equivalent of 42 euros um, monthly to support these two categories if they are receiving or receiving um, state support. Mm -hmm. So 40% poverty rate, you say, and at the same time, the population supports the measures that are undertaken, or is it, is it an issue that people don't follow the rules? Um, to the extent of my knowledge, mm -hmm. as uh, I'm living in Austria, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, the people are quite supportive of, of the of the measure so far, specifically uh, considering the also the um, the health related situation that is also in crisis, and Argentina will not have the, uh, enough capacity to to um, to handle let's say patients on a on a uh, due to I mean infected due to the coronavirus. Um, 
And so therefore the measures that uh, were actually issued were quite early, uh, that's already on the 12th of March. We have to think that uh, in comparison with Europe, Argentina is with more of two weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. So the quarantine uh, that was issued already on the, I mean, uh, limited quarantine was already issued on the 12th of March, which mm. was quite early, in order to to foster the the prevention prevention and mitigation of the of the virus and ex specifically spread of the virus. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, to your question, there is a support. Um, mainly, uh, and but on the other hand, there are also some uh, some yeah. Uh, debates on on the type of measures that were were issued and uh also the constitutionality of those measures that perhaps we can discuss uh, a little bit later um and specifically the the, the those measures who affect the employ the employers in the country uh, and i can tell you one example for example uh, one example that was um one of the measures um in ban the dismissal of employees in the private sector mm -hmm. and in the case that uh, this is actually I mean if this dismissal happens anyway there is let's say uh, the amount that you pay uh, to your dis dismissed employee is double mm -hmm. and this affects uh, quite specifically quite broader to, to small and medium enterprises mm -hmm. Um, there's also um, some um, thoughts about imposing a tax on, on, on medium and uh, big enterprises based on a status quo of last year on, on certain taxes that they had to declare what the, let's say, declare some black money that, that was in the country. Uh, it's called in uh, in Spanish, blanqueo de capitales. This is uh, for me now <laughs> a little bit <laughs> uh, complicated to translate. Uh, and this is uh, highly opposed uh, because they will change uh, something that they try, let's say, to to improve, of course, the economic and the, the situation of certain enterprises. And then this will mean, of course, a thrown back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So when it comes to the constitutionality of all this, so if I understand it correctly, the, the, the president declared the state of emergency and, mm -hmm. and that means what exactly? So um, the president declared through this, uh, what I call decree of um, necessity and urgency. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a legislative, let's say, legislative competence that the president has uh, through one specific article of the Argentinian constitution. Mm -hmm. Only, I mean, this kind of uh, legal instruments can only be issued uh, in certain circumstances and cannot um, overlap the, the powers that the Congress um, has according to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. uh, the, all these measures have been issued um, through this uh, legal instrument, although uh, there are certain debates, not um, huge ones, I have to admit, mm -hmm. uh, but there are certain debates that many of the measures that were issued by this decree um, are either unconstitutional in terms of uh, the, the choice of the legal instrument that the president chose, 
or um, most of also that's another issue most of the content of the measures are unconstitutional because they uh, violate or they are or they are in breach of uh, fundamental rights also uh, set forth in the constitution mm -hmm. uh, these are let's say the two strings of um, of legal debate uh, that are, is taking place so far. Yes, so the constitutionality of some of the measures taken is under debate. Uh, why exactly? Could you perhaps um, go a little bit more into detail which fundamental rights are affected, um, where they are guaranteed, and whether there is any significant legal debate on this ongoing at the moment? Yes. Um, basically, the, 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 the right that is, let's say, under, under discussion is the right to, let's say, of, of movement within the country uh, and entering and uh, leaving the country. This is a right that is inserted in the Constitution and also has, like, uh, has, of course, a constitutional hierarchy, but it also is also recognized in um, international human rights instruments, which uh, have under the Argentinian constitution the same um, constitutional hierarchy. Mm -hmm. um, this is specifically, and um, this was triggered out by uh, one of the measures that uh, was imposed a couple of uh, weeks ago, uh, that was the prohibition or ban of Argentinian nationals or residents in Argentina to enter the country. Mm -hmm. So there you have uh, the, the debate and the debate specifically. And what is also important uh, to mention, um, Nicolas, you said, yes, the Argentinian, uh, the Argentinian government declared the state of emergency uh, in terms of health. Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, on the on the twelfth of May, this does not specifically exclude uh, that fundamental rights are still in place. Mm -hmm. So it's not as let's say um, um, a state of. I mean, there are two types of a state of emergency, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, under Argentinian constitution, and this is not the one that actually forbids or limits certain fundamental rights okay and it's on the 12th of march not may right you, you said may but in march, march i yeah, said yeah, may yeah, again i'm so march. sorry okay so so <laughs> there are two different states of emergency in the argentinian constitution and this one is the i mean is this something that happens frequently that this one that we have at the moment is declared officially or is this a rare Yes. No. This is this is uh, this happens frequently, and actually, this is one of the uh, let's say the instruments are and the state of emergency to declare the, the economic emergency that we are living in already for many years now. Okay. Uh, the other one, the other sort, was uh, as far as I remember, only uh, resorted to four times in Argentinian history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of those was uh, the time of the economic big economic crisis in 2001. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so and uh, and although it's standard procedure, um, standard procedure in the sense that it happens frequently, uh, people are supporting uh, these measures. And on and although uh, the economical situation is so very bad, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yes, um, this is. Basically, what what also uh, many many colleagues uh, from Argentina, family and friends ha have um, 
have, let's say, have told me and, mm -hmm. and have reported. Um, there are certain, let's say, also um, signs from the, the, for example, the judicial power uh, to also help the situation and uh, the court, the, the members of the National Court of Argentina, of Argentina I think it was two, week, uh, two days ago, they uh, reduced their salary, salaries mm -hmm. um, in order to support uh, to the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, this is actually uh, seen quite uh, in a good will uh, by, by the Argentinian population mm -hmm. uh, because also there was also the claim uh, to, to reduce the, the salary of public officials. Okay, but it's uh, it's uh, only a claim at the moment. So there is no law or, or a similar legal instrument requiring that public yeah. servants or public officials get less payment. No, no, there is no law at the moment. Uh, there's only a claim, uh, quite, quite a big one, but yeah, but no law. But I would assume that the average payment of people working in public service in Argentina is not really very high. Um, and and that therefore this would not really target uh, privileged parts of the population, correct? I, I don't know exactly. I cannot tell you exactly now the mm -hmm. the numbers of like the, the the amount of the salary of public officials. Yeah, but I mean, just um, in comparison, I mean, would it would it be if you if you had stayed in Argentina, would public service been an attractive uh, career perspective for you? I mean, just from yes. the salary point of view. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So and it's competitive. Plus, uh, you mm -hmm. have. It's, it's competitive and you also have certain privileges like uh, and, um, unlimited contract, uh, you are part of the public administration mm -hmm. and this is quite well protected in terms of administrative labor law. Yeah, and in particular in, in times like this one here now at the moment, it's certainly an advantage to have <laughs> an unlimited, yeah. uh, relatively stable contract, right? So, so yeah, yeah this this was basically yeah, yeah yeah but mm -hmm. so there is some debate but there's no law or similar at the moment uh, cutting uh cutting salaries at the moment although for example university uh, professors yeah. don't i mean what are they doing at the moment if they can't teach do they do research you can ask my my father uh -huh. who is <laughs> <laughs> so. um uh, yes basically i mean they started what as far as i know what they they started already to to look into possibilities of doing e-learning at the university faculty mm -hmm. level because also uh, and what i missed to to say already is that even though there was this um let's say, de uh, decree uh, issued by the director of the University of Buenos Aires to postpone the, uh, the, the start of the classes. Uh, so two, there are already two faculties who have said that they would not accept this according to a specific clause in that decree. Okay. And uh, so they are looking into e-learning possibilities. Okay. Um, so that is also very South American in a way, isn't it? This is I mean... also very South American. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I can tell you, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have the decree. I, of course, can write it uh, there. Mm -hmm. What clause have the, uh, the, the faculties availed to in order to mm -hmm. um, yeah, make this exception for, mm -hmm. for those two faculties. Mm -hmm. So just for those out there who are not in universities, university professors do not only teach, there's quite some other aspects of the work uh, that probably continues. And 
and distance learning is by far more time consuming and 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 also challenging than traditional way of ways of teaching so i'm quite sure that the the staff is quite under pressure at the moment also in argentina uh, in, in at universities, but still, I could assume that that the the general public asks questions about the payment if if education is not undertaken, right? So, and I would expect yeah. that this debate is going to start in many of the European member states as well. So I even know that in Spain it's already happening that people start debating whether whether it's appropriate that public servants continue to get uh, their, their monthly salary, although they work less and although many, many people run into personal bankruptcy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the let's say justification for specifically uh, professors in at the university was specifically that uh, of postponing, uh, mm. also because the the the, um, the winter holidays for uh, during the semester thing normally happens June, July. Uh, will not happen. Mm -hmm. So that would be, of course, yes, uh, postponed, but anyway, um, yes. then your, your salary will yes. be retrograde. I mean, your work will be retrograde. Yeah. But it will again be difficult for the students then because not having holidays means not being able to do practical work and clerkship and all this, what you normally do during the holidays uh, as a law student in particular, right? So true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not in the field to assess that, but yes, uh, this has other consequences. Yeah. Um, I think this uh, this is only my opinion, and please take it like this. Um, I think this is a good way specifically to guarantee education to everyone, yes. specifically coming uh, from public universities. This is in Argentina very important that all students have the same um, equal, let's say, access to education and uh, e-learning or distance learning is um, unfortunately not uh, fully, let's say, compliant with this ideal. Yes. Uh, that's why um, I, I think could be, I mean, it's one way forward. Yes. So there is still a significant amount of students, uh, also students of law, who don't have the necessary infrastructure to follow classes online, correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. And there is an important difference between private universities, which are in a way elite institutions and public universities that are accessible for people uh, with an average income, correct? Uh, that's correct, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. uh, in Argentina, there are, um, I mean, the main, one of the, let's say, the one of the things that we can say that we are proud of is of our public universities, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because exactly of that reason, everyone has the um, a possible access to, of course, to study. Um, though, um, even though you need a minimum, let's say, uh, income in order to be able to study yeah. anyway the university provides uh, for the resources um, to be able to do a, a career uh, there is um i as far as i remember uh, approximately 20 20 in the country uh, public universities mm -hmm. but i would assume and this is not fact checked but i would assume there is much more the let's say a double of private universities, mm -hmm. because the private sector has also uh, quite a stand in, um, yeah. in, in, the, in, the, in the career. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, depending of course, of what kind of university, this can also be accessible for a medium, let's say medium 
uh, class uh, person. Yeah, and which ones are the most prestigious ones or the most attractive ones? Uh, public universities is the my alma mater, mm -hmm. uh, the University of Buenos Aires, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the University of Córdoba, uh, Universidad de University of Rosario too. Uh, these are the most prestigious ones. And they are public. So and they are public. Yeah. Yes. If you have a choice to make, and if you are a smart young person, you go to the public university and not to the private one. I would say so. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that, and then of but course, but this is a bias. That's a biased opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything that we are doing is biased uh, I would because choose, it's personal. Yes, but uh, there are so. anyway, there are many, yeah. uh, there are many private universities that are yeah. quite very good, running well, quite well mm -hmm. in the in the country. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, um, this is an important aspect in my view, because I mean, as you know, now from Vienna, uh, I mean, everyone is doing uh, distance learning at the moment, and all, everyone is doing distance teaching at the moment, what, what is not always discussed is whether people have the infrastructure to do this on both sides, right? So not every, mm -hmm. I mean, in particular, in regular schools, I see it that uh, uh, you know, teachers of regular schools here in Vienna not necessarily have the infrastructure at home to do online teaching on a regular basis. And that's also obviously very true for, for pupils and students. So mm -hmm. in my personal situation here at home at the moment, I mean, I have two children, 16 and 18, and they're sitting in front of the computer eight hours or 10 hours a day at the moment, if they didn't have their own one, uh, and if we had only one for all four of us, it would be a very serious problem at the moment. So, so that has a certain important social um, aspect uh, that is not really discussed too deeply, in, at least in my perspective here in this country, and, and seemingly different in Argentina, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, there is no, uh, just to add, if I may, mm -hmm. Um, there is no specific budget, I mean, for professors or teachers uh, to, to acquire the infrastructure. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the, those professors or teachers that want to, to let's say, to, to provide this option, online option, they have to, to carry the cost themselves. Yeah, that's in a way quite similar to here. I mean, in particular, in, sure. in undergraduate schools, uh, teachers are not uh, equipped by, by the institution in many, many cases. But even for in university environments, it's not really often the case that people are able to use uh, university infrastructure at home. So many, many of the devices used at the moment uh, are private devices, right? Privately owned devices, mm -hmm. yeah. But perhaps, uh, if I may, Mariano, although this is also a very interesting aspect of the debate, if I may, however, um, come back a little bit more into the fundamental rights discussion, um, and also in, in, in how the daily situation in Argentina at the moment, at least as far as you can see it, looks like. So if I understood you correctly, people are not allowed to leave, right? People are not allowed to work. People are not allowed to, uh, I mean, to do everyday leisure activities. So they are in a way locked in, uh, quite similar to mm -hmm. the situation we have here in Austria at the moment. And, and uh, on, on top of all this, um, I, I would assume that the average size of the average uh, apartment, in, in, at least in the major cities, is clearly smaller than here. So the, the pressure on the people is clearly higher. Um, so are there any um, are there any concerns about the length of all this and how to get out of this situation again? 
Yes, there are concerns and um, the, the president has already stated um, in a press conference a couple of days ago that uh, because of all these pressures and different factors, as you rightly mentioned, um, social economic specific factor and the pressure that the, this actually does into the population from the 13th of May, um, they are starting to to levy some of the these stricter measures. Um, as far as I, I, I read from the statement, uh, for example, the, lock, the lockdown is going to be flexi uh, more flexible. Mm -hmm. So there are going to be uh, some industries that are going to allow to start to work again, um, specifically to what extent, whether it's a completely full, um, Mm -hmm. full let's say industry uh full work mm -hmm. full-time work um this is not a specific clarify yet mm -hmm. and is it i mean how how is this technically happening is it the government independently deciding on this or is it the president or who is the one who finally takes the decision <laughs> and who can challenge this decision then so um the the decision is taken uh as all these measures are starting like this as all these measures are um issued by uh this the kind of decree it is a constitutional uh, legal instrument mm -hmm. uh so you could challenge uh as um let's say this in into a constitutional court and that isn't um, this is a realistic this, option or is it just theory is theory theory mm -hmm. to the extent of my knowledge yes okay um and in political day-to-day -day practice excuse me it's the president is taking the decision so it's one person so no 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 there so he um he's um having let's say having meetings and consulting with uh, the different ministries involved specifically ministry of health the ministry of science and technology uh certain uh sub entities within these different yes issues and but yes uh after this measures i take none of course uh the measures are taken by the person per se mm -hmm. although of course these decrees uh who declare the um the health emergency already gave some further competencies to the different ministries to uh, address certain situations on under administrative decisions. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, to, to mitigate. But to me, this looks like a, a very uh, uh, how how should I put this diplomatically to a very um, interesting, let's say, interesting uh, uh, concentration of power um in 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 very few hands and and no real uh democratic um i mean classical democratic control of all this uh is that is that picture correct would you would you share that view if i have to make a recommendation to the president uh on how to handle this i would actually tell him uh that he will he will need more check and balances yes. when taking this kind of decisions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I would think that, I mean, if we, if we are talking about such fundamental things, then probably the more sophisticated problems, sophisticated in the sense that you need more technology, 
um, are not really on people's day-to-day uh, -day agenda. So probably data protection or privacy is not their primary concern at the moment, is it? Mm, no. no. Yeah. Uh, there is, um, what in terms of the, there's only one app that has been, uh, um, that has been, let's say, put in place. This app, what it does is called uh, COVID-19. It's a self-assessment app where you can, um, you can self-assess whether you have the disease or not and to, to whom you should contact. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the terms and conditions of this app are not available online. <laughs> um, and uh, the only the statement that I read from the Access of Information Office, that is uh, the office that has the equivalent of the Data Protection Authority here in European countries, um, is uh, only that all the measures that are taken in the framework of the coronavirus um, need to comply with the data protection law, uh, mm -hmm. Argentinian data protection law. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. Yeah, and the Argentina data protection law is quite similar to GDPR in many senses, isn't it? So yes, there is an adequacy decision yeah. from the European uh, Commission to the to the law. So yes, um, I haven't seen. Of course, there are certain criticisms. Specifically, uh, if you look into the um, into the report that the United Nations uh, Special Rapporteur on the Right to Privacy made on his institute visit last year, uh, made in in May <laughs> 2018, um, he specifically uh, was concerned on the possibility of. Um, not uh, not providing consent uh, to the collection and processing by public authorities uh, for any purpose that the public authorities mm -hmm. display. Um, this was specifically one of the of the concerns that he mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to surveillance, um, he also stated that uh, there was also a non-concern in Argentina since uh, Argentina does not have the enough adequate uh, technical solutions to be considered a civilian state mm -hmm. uh, so he he kind of well, he he specifically says this is not a no a not problem as of now yeah but simply because the technology is not really available yet not because of the the checks and balances that the checks are and balances applied. that's correct mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So if you see from your background, then what's going on in Vienna and in Austria at the moment, what would be your recommendation to this country with your background on how to deal with all this? What would you change? What would you, what would you support? Is there anything that you would like to share with the Austrian viewers? Um, so basically what, what I would share is um, from, let's say the Argentinian perspective, what I, I said already, I would recommend a check of violences and more involvement of uh, civil society in the measures there since I um, I see a lack of this involvement and perhaps um, as far as I know here in Austria, perhaps also hearing other voices uh, to protect specifically certain fundamental rights um, should be encouraged. Yes. but. Yeah, okay, that, that is very true. At the same time, one of the challenging factors is that time pressure is evidently important and that involvement of NGOs uh, requires time. But I take, I take that recommendation as an, a very important one for also for this country in particular. Mayana, thank you so much. Is there any final statement that you would like to share with the audience and me on this issue? 
Um, just if I may say uh, some concluding words, uh, I want to thank you all, uh, you specifically for the interview, the department and well, uh, as well. I want to say to the to the viewers, uh, keep tuned, stay tuned. Uh, our next uh, Aris Pony session is going to be about Poland. Uh, I'm really confident about that, specifically because of the speaker, and uh, hopefully see you all soon and stay healthy. Yeah, that's very kind of you, Mayana, because that would have been exactly my final what statement. <laughs> so stay tuned, please, uh, please uh, subscribe to this channel. Uh, we will have Poland on Friday, we will have uh, Slovenia and the US next week. So we are ongoing with this uh, in the in the very few, near future, and we are very much looking forward to all you to all these events, and we are very much looking forward to keep in touch with you. Please write us comments, uh, stay tuned, and uh, have a very good and a very safe day. All the best to all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Mariana. Again, it was uh, very very interesting. I really learned a lot. Thank you.